It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this is the last episode of our horror anthology for the month of October. We're going to be talking about Nightmare Cinema um, later on in the episode. We'll do our full review. But in the meantime, if you're new to the show, we like to start off with just catching up um, and then talking about what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how you doing? I'm well. I mean, it's Monday. How are you? I, uh, I'm well as, as well. Um, also, also, <laughs> uh, yes, other words that mean similar things. Um, yeah, you know, it is, it was a Monday and it was, uh, I actually was off work for like the last three days of last week because I was at a training in Atlanta, um, which was a, it was a very good training, but even the best trainings when they're like eight hours long start to oh, yeah. wear on you, you know, so, Rain um, melting. But yeah, actually, I guess it was four days that I was... Well, I missed three days of work, but I was I didn't get back from Atlanta until Saturday evening. Um, and like a tropical storm came out of nowhere and uh, threatened to make us have to stay in Atlanta, which fortunately we did not. We were able to get out, but uh, there was a little concern on Friday that it was going to be rained in on Saturday. <clears throat> but um, it was a good training, and Atlanta was pretty fun, and I got to see... One of my uh, graduates um, is living in Atlanta working for a, uh, a website, writing for them. I won't say which for now because I'm not 100%, but um, I got to meet up with him and one of my uh, current coworkers who was also a former student who graduated with that same person. Um, so we all went to dinner and then just talked for like forever. Um, it was good times. It was good catching up. And, you know, I got to talk a lot about movies and I'll tell you, Corey, uh, People who know that I do this review thing, I frequently get asked my my take on films, but none that I can think of have been as uh, frequent as my opinion of Joker. Joker. Every, everyone that sees me <laughs> wants to know my take, and every time I have to like walk to my car, take the soapbox out of my trunk, and put it down <laughs> um, to you know evangelize my opinions of this movie, but. Um, I don't know how many of them who've asked me have regretted it. I'm sure many, uh, because it does it does warrant a long discussion. So it's like, well, hold on, let me uh, let me put on a pot of coffee because this is gonna take a minute. But, um, but yeah, it you know it was it was really cool seeing him and uh, getting to, to talk and it's kind of cool like having people who graduated like four or five years ago actually want to spend the evening with you talking to you. You know what I mean, like. He could have been like, oh, I'm busy, but thanks for thinking about me, you know. Um, but instead it was like, yeah, no, here, let's go to this. We went to this, uh, it's called True Food. It was like a mainly health, like organic place. Um, and it was really good. I got a turkey burger uh, with no bun. Um, but I did I did have sweet potato hash. Mm. Because I am, I'm transitioning from keto to vegetarian. Like, slowly. Like, I'm still doing very low carb, but like... I am, uh, I'm, I'm starting to push, I'm, I'm leaning actually vegetarian, but it's like, I think it's called flexitarian where like you really limit your meat supply. But like, I'm thinking like at dinner I'll have meat, but I'll have eggs for breakfast and then 
like beans and uh, lentils and stuff like that like throughout the day with lunch like i'm doing a like a vegetarian taco salad every day for lunch this week oh that sounds delicious it's it's quite good um it was a good it was a good lunch this afternoon i just got my meal prep for tomorrow to take with me so but um just trying to mix it up a little bit uh, i also changed my workout routine this week from uh just traditional weightlifting to more of like circuit training um and man i felt a huge difference in terms of like I've recently not been feeling like sore, like I haven't seen a lot of growth in my weight lifting. Um, and then just doing the one day of circuit training, I am so sore right now. So I'm like, hey, that I know it worked because I am in pain, but and not like severe pain. Like I didn't hurt myself, but I am definitely I feel the muscle soreness and everything. So, hmm. so how are you doing? You know, like. I want to join a gym, but not really because, you know, I just like to be home as much as often, you know, as much as possible. Uh, and I really want a treadmill and a rowing machine. Hmm. So, but I know that I should really go to a gym so I have access to like everything, but also I can watch whatever the F I want at my house. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you can do a a degree at the gym. I guess there's some things that would not be appropriate. Probably, like, horror movies might be too much. Or, um, yeah, see. Uh, oh, I almost forgot one thing for my what I've been watching list because I, I didn't get to finish something, but I'll tell that story when we get there. Um, but, I, you know, I watch – I have found uh, – I work out to podcast mostly, um, which I never thought would be, like, good, but I actually find it, it helps my pacing a little more because, like – like music i try to go with like the tempo where like with the podcast i'm just kind of doing it at my rate because it's not like to a beat per se but it's also distracting enough to keep me like going and then um but when i get on the treadmill i usually throw a like magic youtube stuff on my phone because it's you know it's not like a commitment of an hour and a half or two hours with the movie because i don't like to start and stop stuff um but like the youtube videos like yeah, i don't mind stopping a youtube video if it's not over or whatever but I do find it to be – it's like other people are watching, like, basketball at the treadmill next to me, and I'm watching, like, you know, nerd sports. So <laughs> – I mean, you know, um, I feel like – I don't – I maybe it hypes them up, but, you know, I don't know. I don't really know. I'm new here. Works um, for me. Works for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to talk about how I've been. Okay. I've I've been fine. I've been really busy. Um, I so there's a band that I have heard a couple times on Sirius XMU, which is my favorite station on Sirius XM. You know, mm-hmm. but it's not really the kind of music I want to drive to. I like to like listen to stuff I can sing to, and then you know it's kind of upbeat and stuff. So there's this band, Aldous Harding, that I hadn't given a second thought to, and I usually just turn the station like 15 20 30 seconds into the song but a friend and friends invited me to go and it was a really great show and it kind of was amazing and yeah so i'm super excited about that but then on friday i went to see another musician and i'm just old and also i had my flu shot on friday and i i legit almost passed out at the show oh man yeah i didn't it's like a second it's on the second floor of the venue it's above its sister bar or something and i didn't think i was going to make it down the steps that was good times um yeah so i've been busy doing that stuff but i've also 
Yeah. Well, um, I, uh... And Mabel says hello, everyone. Hello, Mabel. But I, um, you mentioned Sirius, and there, uh, when I was actively listening to the Sirius XM, I came across a musician named Grandson, and, mm -hmm. um, he, the song I heard was Blood in the Water, and then in there, they did an acoustic version, I think, for Sirius, um, and I really liked that song, and, like, for a while, I couldn't find anything else from him, and, uh, now he's got three EPs that are all streamable with, like, your different services, and they're, like, um, he's, like, a political, I, it's hard to, like, put him in a genre, because like, there's, like, rap, but there's definitely rock, and, um, he's got a very unique voice, but I really, really like it, and the more I listen to his stuff, the more I am into it. Um, he's got some really cool videos on YouTube, again, it's, he's very political, and if you are, uh, I could see you not liking him if you are of one mind of politics, but uh, where I stand, I, I I appreciate a lot of what he's saying. I'm not saying I agree with everything he says or anything like that, because I'm trying to stay a little bit neutral here. But um, I very much uh, have grown to be a big fan of, of Grandson. So if you haven't heard of him, I recommend checking him out. Um, music's really entertaining. He's got some uh, very unique videos on YouTube uh, that kind of deal with the same subject matter. So. Um, you know, I think that music videos are a lost art form. I think that yeah, I love music videos. I still watch them, but um, a lot of I mean, there's still a lot of good ones being made. They're just not being played on television anymore. You have to go to YouTube or um, Vivo. I think is the official like music video channel traditionally for on YouTube. Um, and I think they have their own app. But they have a YouTube channel, but a lot of the a lot of the artists still make really interesting videos. You just don't have that mtv outlet for them anymore but i uh, you know you, you can watch them now more on demand i mean a lot of my students that's how they listen to music they don't have subscriptions to anything they just put the video on youtube and then like you know close their phone and just continue listening and through the headphones or whatever um but all right let's get to what we've been watching you want to go first or second this week i'll go first all right okay um, so I went with a friend on Sunday. I don't usually go to early movies. What's a matinee? Um, but we went to see Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, I also saw Zombieland Double Tap. I think that without spoilers, we should have a very brief conversation about it. I absolutely loved it. Me I found too. it very entertaining. I laughed so hard. And I really liked a new character that was introduced. And I'm not gonna. Well, she. I think she's in the trailer. In the tra yeah. I, is it Madison? Madison is her name. Um. And yeah, she is in the trailer. She's played by <laughs> Zoe Deutsch. And I. I've become a very big fan of Zoe Deutsch. Um. I. I think she's an underappreciated talent right now. But I saw a movie at Tribeca this year that starred her called Buffaloed. And I can't stress enough if you oh. get a chance to see Buffalo that you watch it. She is a very, very talented actress. Um, she's also in um, Everybody Wants Some, the Richard Linklater film. I have not watched Set It Up, but that's a rom-com on Netflix that I've heard is good. And uh, she was super good in Before I Fall, um, which I liked that movie. A lot of people did not, but I was a big fan. Of, uh, not a big fan, but I was a fan of it. Um I didn't know she's Leah Thompson's daughter. I did not either. Are you serious? Yeah, it says the daughter, she's the younger sister of writer and actress Madeline Deutsch and the direct daughter of director Howard Deutsch and 
actress-director Leah Thompson. Well, damn, that makes even more sense to me. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of hers, and she's great in Zombieland. Double tap, um, as, as is the rest. I mean, it's so crazy that this movie got made because none of the, the main cast need to do this movie, but, man, it was a lot of fun. It- and it seemed like they were having so much fun. Um, and even like this far, it's been 10 years, but it doesn't feel like it missed a beat at all. I No, I I, don't. I mean, I think there's a, a few weak spots, like keeping it from being like a, a perfect overall movie, but I had so much fun with it. I, I love, I love these characters. I, I'm going to say it like I really do. I understand they're not perfect people. But I, I don't think most people are, and I enjoy that no. about the movie. Like, I, I enjoy the flaws and that they find a love for each other despite the flaws. And I don't know. It, it's just – and I, I will say without spoiling, there is a post credit scene, and it might yes. be the single best post credit scene in a movie ever. It is definitely my personal favorite. Um, I, I am so just enamored with what they did and how great the scene is. Uh, not to oversell it, everyone, but for me, it was perfect. It was great. Um, I was we already like... happy with the movie, but when that came on, I was like, oh my god, you're kidding. And then when it just kept going, I was like, oh, this is the best. I like literally leaned forward and was like resting on the chair in front of me, just like so excited. I was like, oh my god, I love this. So yeah, I, I saw that last night too, actually. Um, but I didn't go to an early show, I went to a late show last night. I, they already what? have it in a small theater at our wow. theater. Ours was in yeah. a big theater and... Had a lot of people for a Sunday night yeah. at like seven o'clock. I was really impressed. Well, for a twelve thirty showing on a Sunday, it was pretty full on mine. I have no idea why they put it in that one. I don't really feel like there are that many good movies out right now. But who am I? Um, and then I watched Scream two and three, and I'm probably oh. gonna watch four tonight. Three sucks. <laughs> Three's real bad. No, I remember like hating that movie. Yeah, but I feel like. I feel like the first one was so perfect, and I feel like it was so innovative and so, you know, I blow your mind, not ever what you're expecting. It, it's hard to follow that up. And yeah. I mean, Which is, is probably why maybe don't, you know? <laughs> yeah, but they always do. Oh, Bill's reading Save the Cat, by the way, and I oh, might read it cool. next. Yeah, because awesome. he's working on a project so we were we were just talking about it i don't know how far he is into it but he was like talking about um like sequels and why they actually make them because it's already kind of sold yeah or something like that so since we're talking about them yeah um so and then i watched the newest episode of creep show and that's about it all right i didn't watch much because as i said i was out of town and i, I had planned on watching a little more but my nights ended up going long hanging out with my coworkers and uh, there's a caribou coffee uh, shop across the street from our hotel um, mm-hmm. in Atlanta, and uh, I am a big coffee drinker, and so we were there a couple of nights, and uh, so I didn't get to watch too much, but on the plane there, um, I downloaded El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, uh, which I'd been wanting to get to, um, and I watched most of it on the plane. I had to watch like the last half hour later that evening, um, but I don't know if you ever got into Breaking Bad, but I really liked the show. And I watched most of it. I didn't realize how much I'd forgotten until I started watching the movie. <sighs> and I was like, well, I definitely should have uh, rewatched at least like the last episode. But I did do like a plot summary in between my when I watched the first part and the ending. So it kind of gets me, get me caught up. But I really th- I like Aaron Paul. Um, I liked him a lot in the series. He's from Idaho. 
Oh, I did not know that. Um, he's had not a lot of luck finding a good fit since Breaking Bad. Um, so it was nice getting to see him back in the role of Jesse, and I really, really enjoyed the movie. Um, there's some awesome cinematography, something Vince Gill... It's not Gill. I'm going to forget his name. It's Vince Gilligan. I was in the ballpark. Um, is really good with in, in the show as well, but man, there's some there's gorgeous stuff happening. Um, on the way back, I did not finish this, but I started um, The Curse of La Llorona. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, one, <laughs> talk about cramming a movie into your cinematic universe. Because like, oh, look, here's a scene of Annabelle for five seconds. Um, again, I didn't finish it, so maybe something else happens. But uh, that movie was, I, I was falling asleep uh, watching it. Partly we had really bad turbulence on the, the flight home because of the tropical storm Wait. weather. So I was already like, I was actually kind of nauseous, which I've never been on a flight before. And then I just, the movie was just not doing it for me. And it didn't help because it was like five o'clock that we were flying in. So some people had their windows open and it's a dark movie. And so the screen on the, the TV, it was uh, free on the plane. Um, nice. I kept getting a glare or like, so I wouldn't be able to see stuff. And then, man, like the jump scares were just ridiculously cheesy and I also thought I haven't done any research on anyone else's opinions of this, but I think it's odd that they 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 do this Mexican folklore and then oh. focus it around a white family, and it's like, yeah, I mean, did really like it's a Mexican folklore, <laughs> like why why are you gonna focus on a white family? But I don't know if anyone else has complained about that or if they, you know maybe again I didn't finish the movie, so maybe there's like a better explanation as to why. I, just... I don't think so feel like she's such a good actress what the f is she doing yeah uh linda card cardinelli linda something like that right yeah i can't ever say her last name yeah. so i don't even try yeah she's a like good that. actress but she she gets a lot of crap parts uh to be fair um and then uh i didn't think the kids were bad necessarily you oh. know um mm-hmm. but you know it's whatever uh i i but now i'm in this weird position where i don't have a way to watch it but i feel like i have to finish it because i watch most of it like, I don't really feel like you do. I know, but it's <laughs> going to bug me because it's like, I, I know. 47 minutes of the hour don't and a half. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, man. You're like more than 50% there. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I almost rented it from Redbox tonight because I was just like. Oh. Well, at least it would be cheap then. Yeah, but I would rather like it be on. Like, I was hoping it was on HBO or something and it's not. And oh, I'm just like, word. You know. I. When you're done, I have one more. I forgot. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. That, um, so. Uh. I just finished um, a movie from 1945 called The Body Snatcher, um, which I've been wanting to watch because I uh, listened to a podcast called The Secret Crap. I'm going to forget the name of the podcast. Hang on. I got to look it up because it's really good. Um, it's if, if you're a movie fanatic, I really can't stress enough how good this podcast is. The Secret History of Hollywood. And Oh, uh, yeah. I think you've talked about this. I definitely have. It's but the, the episodes come out infrequently. Um but because uh, they're very in-depth and historical and they're usually like four hours long. So it's like a it's almost like an audiobook. And um, the ones on Val Luton have really captured me and I've become like a huge Val Luton fan. And Val Luton produced and uh, wrote the screenplay for The Body Snatcher. This is also one of the movies that Boris Karloff does after Frankenstein. Um, and this is one of the first times Boris and Bella Lugosi are in a movie that isn't a universal monster picture. Um, and, uh, I've been wanting to see this and it went on sale on Vudu for five bucks. Um, so I snagged it because the Val Luton movies are not easy to get a hold of. Like they're usually 10 to 15. 
Um, and like I, I bought Cat People on Criterion, but I also have a digital copy because it's it's a Val Luton's first actually. Um, and uh, I want to get all of the films, so I was excited. I didn't want to go out of order, so but I have now because I watched the Body Snatcher. Um, it's really good. Um, I I won't deny I was in and out. I got uh, some things came up and I had to stop watching it for a few minutes, but. It's a it's a very brief seventy eight minutes, Corey. So it's right in your wheelhouse. Um, well, isn't Cat People really short too? Correct. A lot of the older films were were much more reasonable, especially horror. Um, and Val was not going to waste uh, time telling a story. He's going to tell you the story, and it's, um, dang, it's really good. It, it's definitely, um, it's man. There's just some. It's not. Like, when you compare it to other horror of the time, and this is not, like, I wish this was me being, like, insightful, but this is what Val Luton's known for, but the podcast is talking about, and I'm actually, uh, we're entering into the horror genre in my Film 2 class this week, um, and the chapter, there's a whole, it's not long enough, in my opinion, but he Val gets, like, a two-paragraph kind of, like, how he changed the face of horror in that this time period, um, from the Universal Monsters to this, where Universal was very, like, gothic and like the big castles and it was kind of a little silly especially the sequels to all of their classics right like when they especially when they get to the abbott and costello while that might be fun it kind of like mocks imagine if like jason and ace ventura paired up or something you know what i mean like it would be that kind of weird like comedic character meeting the monster we don't generally do that now um and so val takes it very much seriously he goes more for psychological and, and there's just this sense of dread um, and it's really really good it's his style is just awesome it works more for me than a lot of the jump scare based horror um he was very young when he died I not know. like super young but what did he die of i haven't got there yet uh well i, I have got there i am caught up with the podcast but he's got, i think we have like two episodes left of the val luton story so i don't know i just okay. i knew it was very clear that he was gonna die young because of his minimal amount of films i think it's from stress and uh his heart um, oh yeah that's the implications is that um he wasn't taking great care of himself not that he was overweight or anything but he was just under a lot of pressure I, the i swear i know four hours sounds like a daunting thing for a podcast episode but if you want like a really well produced oh, yeah. podcast not to mention it's not just like him talking about the movies and stuff he goes into like the inspiration for the stories and he tells all these like tangential context stories that really like fill you into what's happening in that world and he'll go into depth about like uh when boris karloff joins um val and his team like the initial apprehension about it and then how things work out and like just boris being this amazing guy um because that's the thing he's this like hulking figure in, in the movies but he's supposed to be one of like the nicest men in hollywood um at the time of course and i i don't know i really love that podcast it's there's not enough episodes that's the only thing because it is um such an ordeal for him to produce and like access all the information uh it is minimum you don't get a lot of it but when you get it it is so great um could be like a i don't know like a documentary series it's like the ken burns of podcasts i guess in a way uh, as far as i guess ken burns isn't the actual documentarian but nonetheless um the only other thing i've really been watching aside from the movies that i mentioned um i did see zombie land as i said uh when you said it um has been again youtube stuff i just throw on in the background uh while i'm getting stuff done and um i did we watched several episodes of south park uh in our hotel room though um because it it, it seems to sync up when i'm at a, i don't know if it's always on a marathon 
because I don't watch TV normally, um, but when I'm in a hotel room, there's not a lot of other options. And uh, so we ended up watching several episodes of South Park, which are often funny. You know, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy some <laughs> South Park stuff. But, and the only other thing I watched while I was in the hotel room, um, day two, I watched the movie for the night, Nightmare Cinema. Are you ready to get into that? Oh, wait, you said uh, you had one more thing. Yeah, so I like Patrick Wilson. Yes. I watched In the Tall Grass, and I just want to warn everyone not to waste their time, because oh. it's like two hours long, and it's not very good. That stinks. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Netflix needs to stop churning out so much crap. Sorry. But it was in the grass. <sighs> All right. So let's talk about Nightmare Cinema instead. Um, Nightmare Cinema uh, came out last year, according to IMDb. Um, we just bought it a couple months ago in order to watch for this. Um, it was kind of recommended by Big Tuna. Uh the plot summary reads, five strangers converge at a haunted movie theater owned by the projectionist. I feel like that's an overstatement because they never, like, seem to meet, really. They they're don't just, meet. Yeah, they're all just, they r- randomly walk in one at a time. So it's it's loosely that they all show up at this place, but there's no connection or anything. Um, once inside, the audience members witness a series of screenings, and that's also inaccurate. Each member sees one screening, um, showing them their deepest fears and darkest secrets over five different movies. Um... And I don't know if that's clear either. I don't know if you really get what they're seeing in every instance. Um, uh, it's got five directors. This is the only anthology we watched this month that have multiple directors. Um, Alejandro Burgess, or Burgess, Joe Dante, the most famous of the directors here, Mick Garris, uh, Rahul Kitamura, and David Slade. Um, and I forget which one did the wraparound stuff to the stuff with the theater. Garris, um, I believe. You think Garris? Okay, yeah, and I have that somewhere written down. But um, okay, so the cast is interesting, and there's there's one name I'm gonna get to. Uh, I'm gonna scroll. The, most <laughs> of this cast is not famous, but we have Mickey Rourke is our big star. He plays the projectionist. Um, he's not in it that much either, and he's not a mega star. He's in some good stuff. We've watched The Wrestler on this podcast. Um, so good. And yes, it is, and that is easily, in my opinion, his best performance. But to be fair, I've only seen a few of his performances, and one of those was the Expendables movies. So, um, Richard Chamberlain, Adam Godley, Orson Chaplin, Eric Nelson, Kevin Fontaine, Maurice Bernard, Tangi Ambrose, Belinda Belaski, Lucas Barker, Daryl C. Brown, Ezra Buzzington, Jamie Lynn Conception. She might run and change her last name. Um, Stephanie Kud. That also is not a very good name. Reed Cox. Cleo Frazier, Mar- Mariella Gariga, Jared Gertner, um, Annabeth Gish, who looks kind of like Kristen Wiig, um, Gianna Gomez, Mark Grossman, Celeste Hodge. Oh, man, all these names of people that you've probably not heard of. No offense to these people. That's a lot of times horror anthology is just a good place to get your uh, on your reel. Um, Jamie Gray Hyder. I'm going to keep scrolling down until I find the name I want. There it is. There it is, Corey. Lexi yep. Pantera. Oh. Do you know there's... who that is? Um, is she one of the Cheetah Girls? Like, from the Cheetah Girls? Yeah. No, I don't think so. But now I'm curious. Um, No, but she was in a movie that we saw last year about this time. Yeah? Yeah. You, you don't know what it is? 
No. It was Boo 2, a Medea Halloween. Oh, uh, right, because I'm pretty sure I tried to erase that from my memory. Yes. Thank See, you for bringing up. She's the actress whose film. bio on IMDb begins with, Conceived oh, yeah. in the back of a 69 Cutlass. Oh, yeah. Um, I pulled it up. So I'm watching. She's in the last one. Yeah. Sweet disposition. Yeah, I know. She's in the last movie. She's the girl with the dreadlocks in the hospital. Um, Casey, I believe is her name. Yep. And uh, I'm I'm looking at her in the movie, and I'm like, I know her. And I start scrolling. I'm like, Oh, I do know her. She's from Boo (laughs) Two. Um, and uh, no offense to Lexi. Yeah, I do think to be fair. It's been two years, or well, this was this is dated twenty eighteen, so it's been a year from her time in Butu to her time in this, and I think she's better in this. I yeah. also think there's some really bad acting that comes out of her, which we'll get to in a moment. But um, bef- we won't get into any details of any of the shorts uh, right here. We'll wait till we get to spoilers to go into details. Um, but overall, um, I I didn't love this one. I think this was the weakest of the anthologies that we watched. Um, I also didn't hate any of it, I guess. I just kind of was, like, lukewarm to the whole thing. It just was like, all right, sure, I guess. Um, I like the idea of the projectionist, kind of. I don't feel like it's fleshed out enough. Uh, It could have been, like, a really cool tie-in. And I'll tell you, after watching all these anthologies, I am really longing for... uh, ghost stories i wish one of us had not seen that because that would have been a really cool episode to do but um that's my take i i I don't dislike nightmare cinema i wouldn't recommend like rushing out to buy this um unless you're like just a really big joe dante fan but i i was yeah it's just whatever what do you think i hated this Mm. uh absolute torture oh man I kept pausing it because I was so effing bored. <laughs> like, I really... I wish that I was lukewarm on it. Bill had the unfortunate whatever to sit down with me and, like, watch a little bit of it. And he's like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, I feel like I don't know how to read Big Tuna anymore. Does he like us? I... Does he not like <laughs> us? I don't really know how to feel about our relationship. I mean, I know, you know, I don't know him very well so i'm wondering why he keeps doing this to me i mean i guess to be fair <laughs> fool us once shame on you right fool us twice yeah. shame on me like you know you need to write down all the suggestions that he makes and then we need to just but didn't he he suggested better watch out to us and we both love that oh Was yeah that very much um yes like, he, he he definitely and again <gasps> didn't I, he do housebound was that him he, yes yes it is and so he deserves see? all the credit for that yeah it's it's i i may have i can't recall for sure the context of the conversation when he initially recommended this okay because i know that a later conversation i mentioned that we bought it to do this and he was like why and i was like what so john why didn't you tell me we could have changed it (laughs) well we already bought it (laughs) i feel like you know i feel like we have enough movies on our shelves (laughs) That we have yet to watch. So we could have watched one of them. <laughs> well, but it wouldn't work with the anthology. The only thing I have left for me is VHS um, that I own and, they, and have not seen. And they have, like, a couple of the VHSs on Shutter too. 
I think it's like the second and third one though. I don't think they had the first one. Um, yeah, I had the first one, but okay. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but uh, okay, yeah, I know. But, things, Sean. Hey, we've already watched it now, so yeah. now we just have to talk about each of the different individual. We're gonna episodes. rehash it. <laughs> so, listeners, Corey and I not not loving Nightmare Cinema, and it is. I wish we. It's it's the most. It's interesting because we accidentally went chronological for this one. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, Creepshow was oh. the first one we watched, and it was the oldest. Then Cat's Eye, which was three years later. And then we jumped 22 years to Trick or Treat in 2007. And then uh, nine years to – oh, no. I'm sorry. Math is hard. 11 years to uh, – well, yeah, because it's dated 2018 um, for Nightmare Cinema, even though I think it – I know for sure it just came out on Blu-ray like yeah. within the last month. So I'm guessing this hit some kind of festival circuit. Um and I, if I'm not mistaken, was was there a Shutter logo at the beginning of this? Yep. But I didn't see it on Shutter, so. Me neither. So that's interesting that Shutter produced this but did not post it immediately to their streaming service. Uh, that's a very different tactic than Netflix tends to take, which is immediately put it on their service and not let it go into theaters, um, or often Blu-ray. Uh, very few netflix product that i've seen you can get on disc i have stranger things season one and two on uh collectible looks like vhs box sets that i got from target um both of the times i waited until they went on sale for 10 bucks so pretty happy with those purchases but um i digress let's uh get into spoiler warnings Corey, guys from here on out we're gonna talk about nightmare cinema in great detail maybe you've been warned okay so we're gonna start in order uh with the director um the first short is called the thing in the woods uh directed by alejandro burgis um okay before we talk about this one i think there's an important thing we should note i oh went God. to wikipedia to uh yeah. track um who the directors were for each one so i could make notes of it when i was watching it right and the wikipedia plot synopsis for this one has a bit of a spoiler in it but um it points out that this is a postmodern take on the slasher. Now, you can't know that when you start watching it. You don't know that it's a postmodern take until you get to the end, and it's revealed that the killer, the welder, uh, which is very much a hulking Jason-esque type slasher villain, um, isn't the bad guy after all. He's the hero of the story, thus the postmodern description. Um... So when you know that detail and you rewatch the movie that short, I think it might be the strongest in that it's doing something unique. Um, it's taking a genre that you and I especially, I think, are very familiar with the slasher genre. Um, I, while I've not seen all movies classified as slashers, I've seen most of the big iconic ones. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a genre that I'm generally a fan of. Now, Scream does a good job of subverting expectations of the slasher genre by playing on the tropes of the slasher genre. Um, but this movie kind of, it plays on that one element that the, the hulking figure, the welder is actually our, our hero of the story. Um, the acting is not great and the production value is very, very cheap, but I think that might be by design to mock the genre. Um, like a lot of the corpses look super fake, like the mannequins at best. Um, but you know, it, it's not, when you look at the cast, you got to assume the budget's pretty low on this. So and I try not to fault things like that because I, I want my students, for example, to make the movie they want to make as best they can make it, right? Like, And we don't have resources. We don't have a lot of money. We don't have a lot of time. 
So they have to make a lot of concessions and, and some things don't look as good as they'd like it to. And so I'm willing to accept that, um, you know, it's one thing like when you know like Disney made the movie, how can we forgive bad CG from a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar company? There's no excuse there. For something like this, they made the movie that they could make and I, I'm going to try to to work with it. The acting's over the top, but I think, again, that's mocking the genre. Um I don't know. The first one I found some joy in. Uh, my notes were simple. You know, the acting was cheesy, but as the things went on, some of the um, there were two effects in this though I thought were really cool. Because uh, the the weird twist is that like alien spiders take over the the people, and that's the welder is the only one who was not uh taken over by the spiders. And there's a moment where he he kind of like crucifies a guy to a wall with a bunch of knives. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And then he shoves the blowtorch in his mouth. And it looked really cool. Like, it was, like, it horrifying. Did. But I thought, I was like, that's a cool effect. Like, that's impressive, from especially compared to some of the other crappy effects in this movie. I thought that looked awesome. That's where all the budget went. Um, yeah, that and the other one. Do you know what my other impressed special effect was? No guesses? I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. Like... In just this short or in the whole movie? In the short. Yeah, I'm assuming each director was probably given a small budget. I I don't know. It wasn't when, when it actually, like, the meteor or whatever, like, exploded and all the spiders came no, out. It was a spider, okay. but it was the spider inside her head. Oh, in her head. or Because I remember the spider, oh, when it, like, splits open. Yeah, yeah, when it, like, basically, like, just is, like... Look, moron, she's done. Like, she, like I just ripped her head in half and put it back together. There's no saving that was a her. Good you know? one. Yeah, okay, I, th- I was, fair. I was like, wow, that looks really scary, and it's pretty crazy. Like, to see it, you know, it was like, wow, I don't know if I've ever seen someone's head split open to reveal like the creature. Oh, I guess Men in Black, uh, but you know, like, oh, mini alien guy, but um, not. It doesn't split like that though. This like literally just splits in half, and it's like, yeah, no, she's dead. There's no, uh, there's no rescuing her from the spider puppeteering her body um okay fair fair um the acting was awful though and i don't know if it knew what it wanted to be i don't think it knew what tone it was trying to like i think across in some ways like i'm okay with mocking a genre it almost this almost feels like it's completely bashing the genre as though there's no like love or reverence for it and that kind of bugs me because I am a fan of the slasher films. Like I, I accept that they're bad, um, a lot of times, but I enjoy watching the the shitty Jason movies and and even Scream and well Halloween and yes, I, oh I, my I, god, I don't like Sleepaway all the Camp. Yeah, sleep. Oh man, Sleepaway Camp is great. Like I, I just if you, I don't know. I can understand not maybe liking the genre as a whole, but like to not even be able to find one, I don't know. Well, again, I don't know if that's what's saying, but I I think what you said about the tone, it does feel like it's more making fun of than it is uh, revere, like loving it. I feel like it just like, it just kept like hounding the same thing. Like when she's initially running in the woods and she falls on a corpse and she like tries to get up, but she slips and falls on it. She, it like happens like seven times, not really seven times, but more times than it needs to. And then the part where he's like crucifying him to the wall, that guy, he's like done, he's dead, but he keeps like weekly 
reaching for the knives and then the welder just grabs them instead. Like you didn't need to reach for every single one of them. You, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like a it, whole knife block, you know, listener. Um, like, like a kitchen. Yeah. Like a kitchen knife block. It's like a whole thing of that. And it's, it is a slow, and every they keep cutting single. back and forth to her in the basement, I think. Um, yeah. Where she's discovered more corpses. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's not great. It was it, like, because like if you're gonna make fun of it like the girl running in the woods and falling okay cool i get it but it just was like you know yeah and there's oh when the cop runs and like trips and falls and shoots himself in the head i'm just like really but kind of it was funny it yeah but it was so like what like (laughs) it was so smooth though yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I did like that he lifted the mask and he was like, oh no, or somebody did and yeah, knew who yeah. it was. That's he but, turns to run. But then no one else does that because even watching the Scream Scream 3 last night, I'm like, Sydney, you've done been through this for like two movies. What are you doing? Just lift the mask. And she never does. You know, I don't know. So I thought that was really funny. But also like, when you find out who it is, one Tell like, it. Well no, like not I'm saying when we find out who it is later oh, in the yeah. movie, I don't understand why the cop was afraid of him. Yeah. Like there's no I think that it was just that recognition that but I would have still shot him. Yeah yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, mean at that point he's unless the cop was also taken by a spider oh, and we by didn't a spider. Know that. But I don't think that's implied. Um, yeah, and it, the the twist doesn't really work because none of the characters are acting different than they should be if they are possessed by evil spiders. Because the second the end of the movie implies that he's been taken by the spiders and is driving into a town, and thus the spiders are gonna spread everywhere. But why didn't anyone else leave? You know, they were all just hanging around. Well, they they show like a car at some point that yeah. They've, like, ripped the cables and stuff out of, so I don't remember well, And how... when he, they were in the cop car, they were very adamant that we needed to go. We need to leave. We need to leave. So, like, I guess that's there, but I don't know. It did feel a little half-baked at times, but um, yeah. but it, it's a horror short. And I don't need it to be perfect, but, uh, again, it was... The acting is a, a little rough. It's um, just really not good. I'm sorry. Um. All right. Next up is... I forgot how to say it. Marari? Marari. Marari. Um, a woman with facial scars seeks plastic surgery at a sinister clinic. Um, initially, nothing was sinister about the clinic. It's just weirdly sinister later. Um, starring Richard Chamberlain, who is the doctor, Zara Mahler, and Mark Grossman. I thought Zara, if that is the lead um, girl in the movie, I thought she did pretty good. Though. I, I thought she was uh, believable in her performance, especially compared to that first movie where like nobody was very good. Uh, yeah um i mean if i had to pick this is probably i would say this is the best one out of and i will say a big tuna said the same okay and this is joe dante's film so it makes sense because he's by far the most iconic director and he's hit or miss but he's done some great movies i mean gremlins um i'm a fan of the burbs then he did howling Okay, we don't like Howling. I'll I'll completely agree with you on that. Okay, Other people love Howling. Like I need them to write me a five paragraph essay to explain how and why. 
I don't I'm get not. it either. Maybe so, werewolf sex I'm is just trying... not for us. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I furries, but anyway. But not us. That's exactly my point. <laughs> no, I just, I, you can't, I don't know. When we have such, we have a, such a great werewolf movie. And then I tried to watch that and I was just like, what am I doing with my life? And then I know that people love it. I yep. I just don't understand. And they love both of them. American Werewolf in London and yeah. The Howling. And, and I just I don't. I love American Werewolf in London. Same. I, I just rewatched it recently. It's such a great movie. So I just, I don't, I don't even know how you could like both of them because they're on two <laughs> totally different levels. So he did. But. Oh, and there's he did uh, matinee with with John Goodman, and that's a movie I've not seen but really want to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's done stuff. People like Joe Dante. I, I'm not a massive fan, but I do love a couple of those movies that I mentioned. And so, um, I I don't know. This one I think is the most like believable. Like, yeah. And it's it's a the horror is in its possibilities. Um, the horror is in the vanity, you know, like that this this girl is um, she's self-conscious about her scarring on her face and the boyfriend says looks don't matter. But then he like slow, maybe slowly is not even accurate. He pretty much says, I'll pay for the plastic surgery because you'll feel better, not because I want it to change. Um, we have this weird kind of he has a weird relationship with his mother. Yeah. And that was the part that I kind of hated, like cause everyone's talking about how gorgeous she is. And then, like, when we finally see her, it's, like, it's well, not I even mean, that she's not gorgeous. It's, like, way over the top, like, fake. Ex- like, exactly what I think of when I think of plastic surgery. Sorry, guys. That's what I think of. Those big, huge, really high cheek implants. And what I was lips. really ex- – what? The lips. The, they're just, like, <laughs> big, puffy lips that don't move very much when she speaks. Yeah, and they're, like – they look like they're just going to burst if she does move them. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like I was, I really the turn that I wish it would have taken, and what I was expecting it to take was that all of this plastic surgery was to make the girl look like his mom. That's a hundred percent what I thought they were doing. Or that because at one point she's like trying to escape, and she finds that woman in one of the rooms, and she's had her face removed, and I was really expecting that maybe they had switched the faces, like because Nick, he Nick couldn't Cage. face off. Yeah, like, because he can't legally or, like, morally be with his mother, but... Yeah, or, yeah, I was thinking something like that. I also thought maybe they were making the mother look more like her, like, to make her young or something. Um, mm-hmm. And it was all, like, a ruse. That's what, you know... Because that's the other thing. It's not even, like, she has the same plastic surgery that the mother has. Like, she has, like, a skeleton face at the end of the, the movie. Yeah, she has no nose. No nose. It's, it's the Michael Jackson curse, and... Um, I think it's my hee hee, but oh, but that like grosses me out. Like, oh, a hundred percent. When I see people with their plastic surgery noses and they're just like way too thin and they look like if you like the wind blows too much and it's just gonna collapse. Like, blah, blah, blah. sorry guys, it freaks me out. I just like I thought it was good and I thought the ex. Well, I thought all of them went a little longer than they needed to. Also. Yeah, like, they, well, they this... stretch it out. This movie was two hours long, and they're not really giving us any backstory or really explaining a lot of stuff. It's kind of like, just here's what's happening right now, or like the very recent like past. It's n- not like they're really building these huge characters or anything. 
and I didn't realize it was two hours long or that there were five shorts. I feel like five is just, I feel like it's too much. Maybe because they are so Creep long. I don't know. Five. Yeah, but Creep Show is great. Well, that's so, that's my point. It's not, <laughs> it's not the number. It, yeah. Uh, Cat's I, Eyes 3. Uh, Trick or Treat was five, I think. Um, yeah, that one, I don't know. Like, just because that all one. But all of them are shorter by a big, yeah. like, a big bit. I think none of them were over an hour 40. Um, and Ghost Stories, which I don't remember the length of Ghost Stories, is three stories, but the wraparound that connects all the stories yeah. is super deep and in, 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 in detail, and you have actual character development Masterful. there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think that movie is underappreciated only because I don't know enough people who have seen it. Like, but you, you and I both loved it. Matt oh, loves it from what I watched I'm, tonight. My daughter loved it. I'm pretty sure if any listeners are li- listening and are it's interested, I'm pretty sure. It's five bucks too, though, if you want to buy oh, it on Vudu. Very cool. Yeah, that is a must buy. Um, but it is on Hulu. I actually just recommended it to my students this week. Nice. Uh, uh, totally um, worth watching uh, if you have Hulu, or again, if you're willing to drop five bucks on Vudu. Um, I'm planning on watching it before the end of the month if I can fit it in. My my schedule a little bit tight this week, but babe, um, this whole month. Yeah, I know. I wanted. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do 31 Days of Horror, so I didn't really try. But every time I've had a moment to watch a movie that wasn't, like, a new film for review, I've tried to watch a new horror film. Um, and I mostly, I think everything I've watched has been new to me. So, like, I, I watched Women in Black, I told you, a couple weeks ago. Oh, I um, so, and I still got to watch Ponyo and um, The Wind Talks for to keep up with the Blank Check podcast and my Studio Ghibli journey. So, I, yeah. But I think that's enough about Murhari. Um, I think best performance from the lead in this one out of all uh, five um didn't didn't dislike this one um also the, i still there i had some like i didn't understand some of the choices that were made at the end uh but it, it, and again you you and i both thought the story that was coming was that she was going to look like the mom so he could marry the mom which is scary just to put that out there Gross. that would have been scary mm-hmm. and uh pretty terrifying for a multitude of reasons and instead i felt like he went for like a joe dante ending it was a little silly and and like gross What's really happening here but yeah like i'm just like i guess the mom because the mom's like you look lovely but i'm like she doesn't look like you well i mean who's i mean a oh, word but i mean everyone else who's like talking about how beautiful she is i mean it's a plastic surgeon what do you expect? but it's but this girl looks like she's been tortured not yeah not made beautiful or even made like if the commentary was that plastic surgery isn't beautiful much. yeah or would have been at least like for her to have like the same like high cheekbones and big puffy lips she has no nose she she's scarred like horribly more than when she went in for the surgery you know and if it was a morality tale then you don't need the mother right like if it's just this whole idea that you're not supposed to be vain that vanity is is the you know her real beauty came out because of it you know what i mean like if that was like the monster face was because inside she hated herself so now he's put that on the outside if that was the tale then cool but that's not what i think is happening and so i i feel like there's some missed opportunities i think with the story that was being told um and at least again that's my take uh the next one is i don't know how to pronounce this is it mashit because that Mash seems it? like i'm cursing really know. um <laughs> uh, yeah so she's says it in the the nun or sister sarah says yeah, it she says it's the, the name of the demon yeah um, it's starring uh, it's directed by rahuli katamora 
uh, starring Maurice Bernard, Stephanie Kud, Callista Bess, and Mariella Garriga. This is by far the most sexual of the uh, the, the five shorts. Um, there's no nudity, but again, there's like clearly a priest and a nun are having sex at one point. Um, there's impl- there's some implications of the priest uh, sexually assaulting the little boy that kills himself at the beginning of it. Um, mm. When he comes in, like the room, he says, "Like we spent time together." And the description on Wikipedia describes this as a um, Catholic schoolgirls become possessed by a sex crazed demon. And I don't, I don't know where the sex crazed part comes in. Which I'm glad. That... Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You know, I'm glad it, it doesn't. But I mean, like, I didn't feel like that was overtly stated that it was a sex crazed demon. Oh, I thought that she said something about that in the book when she was reading the book and she's trying to tell the father. She may have, but if if that's the case, I still don't think it's what was it's the point put visually. And again, I'm not saying it needs to have, but like the the demon doesn't seem to have an agenda. He made the kid jump off a building. That's not sex crazed. That's he's evil. He's a demon. Like that. Okay, but. Like, the sex craze just seems like an add-on to ex- excuse, like, why the priest was having sex with the nun, you know? Um, I, I think there's an implication that the demon came because of the, the misconduct of the priest. Um, you know what I mean? Like, because he's having sex and... Well, I, it is my understanding priests do not have to take a vow of celibacy anymore. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I, I do believe I've heard that somewhere. Although really? This is, yeah, I believe, and the I could Catholic be wrong. Priests? Correct. I think after uh, all of the stuff came out about the child molestation, that the Pope pulled that back to maybe, hey, you know what? What if we let you have sex with women? Will you stop molesting children? Um, again, I know not all priests are guilty of doing that. I'm saying it was found that That's many priests pretty, were uh... doing it. Um but I don't know if I'm right on that celibacy thing. I feel like I am. But again, this is a this feels like a period piece, so this would have been long before that. Um, but again, I don't know. They say father, but I don't know if he's an official. Well, it says Catholic schoolgirl, so I am correct in assuming he's a priest. So he's definitely violating his vows, and maybe that's why the demon shows up in the first place. And if, if that implication, the first kid we see kill himself, comes back in a very creepy, I think the creepiest thing in this movie. In fact, of this whole f- series, I think the uh, the style of the demon is really creepy and cool but they don't show him very much um i always get kind of freaked out by the whole like possessed thing and um the the creepy spider crawl thing that the kid does when he shows up like after he's already dead and his like skin's hanging out i thought all that was creepy and scary for the most part yeah i just thought that that particular part has been done so many times you are not wrong it is in no way original and it is definitely not like Oh, look what I came up with. But what is original, and I would say bad, is the uh, the Catholic priest wielding a sword and killing possessed children. <laughs> I mean, at that point, are they even really the children anymore? Oh, you know what I, I mean? I, my objection <laughs> is not to him killing the children. It's the method in which it is filmed <laughs> and executed. It looks so cheesy. It's so silly. This was my least favorite like, one. Yeah, it's bad. It's real. It's I, tough to sit through. Um, oh god so much of it doesn't make, really make sense to i'm me. pretty sure that this one lasted like an hour and 15 minutes i'm it kidding was long. and yeah the, well the fight alone takes like forever and he gets yeah. stabbed like a hundred times and i don't well, think he just died going back to that first short yeah yeah i mean it uh yeah it was not great um again though i like some of the, the design of like the scary stuff but it, like you said it was nothing original even the demon kind of reminded me of the uh, insidious guy a bit 
Oh yeah. Just the, like the color palette of him, like the red and black, and uh, not identical by any means, but it just reminded me. Um, even how they showed him because he was like hiding behind somebody, like in Insidious. Um. All right. Next is the this way to egress. A woman waiting for a doctor's appointment experiences disturbing shifts in reality, starring Elizabeth Reeser, Adam Godley, Ezra Buzzington, Brown Merrill, and Patrick Wilson. What? I guess I when I saw that, I mean, I didn't even recognize the voice. Oh, but we see never see him. Yeah, it's oh, her ex-husband or okay. estranged husband that she talks to on the phone. Again, I didn't really like this one. And how many times? I mean, Babadook got it good. The wind. Mm. I'm gonna say, don't waste your time. But like, how many times are we gonna rehash this woman going crazy? Well, I think I think it's a value. I think the idea of mental health is a very real and frightening topic to explore through a horror movie. Um, that said, I don't know if you can do it justice in a short, um, like truly do it justice. And I don't think, in the end, it's hard to say if that's really what was yeah, happening. Yeah, what was to, happening? Right? Um, yeah. I'll say the one thing about this one. Um, I thought the actress does a good job, though. I don't think she's doing. I a recognize bad job. her. She looks familiar, and um, the kids, I think, do a good job of being probably like beginning actors. I think they do a pretty solid job because I've seen way worse child acting than what we get from these two kids. Um, even if some of the line reads are a little wooden, it kind of makes sense in the plot because they're they're not supposed to be actual kids. They're like monsters, I guess. She's like in a parallel monster universe um like she fell into monsters university and she's like boo you know but like grown-up version um the thing that really caught me with this movie though was i'm looking at this short and the world of this movie is covered in like dirt and nastiness and i was like that's a lot of work for such a short film like to make like can you imagine how hard it must have been to clean up any of that Assuming they would have had to, like, I, uh, maybe they found, like, an abandoned building or something and they didn't have to clean up after it. But there's, like, yeah. dirt everywhere. And it was, like, it was actually making, I'm not OCD, especially not really OCD, and that is a mental health thing I shouldn't mock. But I, I do get perturbed by some things. And I was, like, itching to clean. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is so dirty, I can't take it. Like, it's so dirty. <laughs> like, it is freaking me out how dirty. It, I was more afraid of how dirty the, the place was. Because, like, he's, like, cleaning, but they're not cleaning. It's like they're spreading dirt. And I'm just like, this is, this bothers me. And someone's going to have to clean this after this movie was made. <laughs> right, was... To the, right to the directors. So what yeah. ended up happening with that one set? Yeah, I need to know. Y'all get that all squared away? I need to know. Show me a picture. <laughs> like, let me know it's okay. <laughs> Um, oh, so I did look her up, Elizabeth Reeser, mm -hmm. um, and she, what I know her from is The Haunting of Hill House, which mm. I freaking loved that series on Netflix. I've heard that's very good. So damn good. And she's one of the main characters in it, and she's okay. very good. So I, I mean, I didn't think that her, I think that what you said is right. I don't think that you can really give it justice, but also we doesn't seem like that's what it's really about i don't really know yeah in the end again i think they're going for like <laughs> and maybe they realize we we've brought up this really important topic that's very hard to tell in a short period of time let's just end it and they just kind of jump to a like twist of a sort like it's not entirely a twist but it's kind of a twist um you know <gasps> the implications are that uh 
actually, I'm a little unclear if the implications are that she had children or not. Um, like, it seemed like that at one point, don't they say, like, her kids died and that was maybe what drove the husband away from her? Oh, I can't remember. I, I, well, I don't think it may, I think it may not have been clear. And that that was what it was trying to imply. But, um, obviously, this movie did not hold our attention as strong as some other movies. Because if you've listened to this podcast before... Generally, we can recall some pretty small details about the movies that we watched. In this one, we're struggling to remember, like, major plot points. Two hours. Two hours. Of mostly bad acting and low budget. Just oh. real bad. Not knowing what they want to do. I just felt like the tone, I don't know. I, and I didn't feel like it was just the first one. Well, and just, we haven't even I mean, talked about Mickey Rourke as the projectionist, which is a little <laughs> all over the place. Because sometimes he comes off as evil, and sometimes he comes off as not. Um... I, I don't. Why did the one? Oh man! And his character is like the Grim Reaper, I guess. Also, I know that we like briefly talked about this before we recorded, before we even watched the movie. I've only watched the movie one time, and it was at least a few years ago. But there was another. I believe it was a horror anthology, but it was called The Theater Bazaar. Oh. And it's, I think that maybe it's just one woman, but she goes into this abandoned, like, old theater that used to do, like, puppet shows and stuff, and she's, like, she sits in a seat, and then she ends up seeing these different shorts, or they, like, you know what I mean? So it just, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not the same, but it's just a little too, little too, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I don't yeah. want to say common, but... We got one more um, to, to talk about, and it is called Dead, directed by Mick Garris. Um, an adolescent piano prodigy dies, is revived, and is under attack from supernatural forces. Starring Fally, oh boy, Rocco Tohaven, um, Annabeth Gish, Daryl C. Brown, Lexi Pantera, woo, heavy metal guitar riff, and Orson Chaplin. I feel like you can't say Lexi Pantera and not have like Cowboys from Hell come on or something, you know? So yeah, here's the deal. Why is he a piano prodigy? Like it doesn't have anything to do. It's nothing to do with anything. It's I just, know. I totally forgot that, and I was like, piano prodigy. It, it what? Is, I just watched this yesterday, guys. Uh, <laughs> like, nothing to do with the movie at all. No. Outside of that, he gets to shoot like a scene of him playing piano that was it looked nice i don't you know well yeah well i mean the it, it doesn't even because he the whole reason he's revived right is because someone like holds them up after the recital but really they could have we just could have picked up the whole movie there right like there. the whole short there ultimately this is like an alternate like what if batman was haunted by the ghost of his dead mother <laughs> um because he watches his parents be killed and uh he he runs and is shot um and even though it looks like he shot right through his heart, they managed to re- resuscitate him. And uh, he sees his mother. But we find out she's a ghost and he sees dead people. Um, <laughs> Lexi Pantera also sees dead people. The premise is interesting. The idea that yeah. um, because you've died that you have this like sixth sense type connection. Okay. Um, but some, some of the ghosts are malicious. I don't understand why if it's, if, cause the implications are that they're seeing actual ghosts. So why does his mom want him to die? Because she missed him. But that's, that's evil. Yeah, that's not, I don't feel like most mothers would feel that no. way. I mean, I don't. 
it's so random like that that's her like come on join me it's like i don't know i don't feel like that's like how selfish of a mother is that like i miss you too much like you know i don't i don't know i mean maybe they didn't know i don't know who would raise them i don't know i did not like this one um I, I thought the kid does a good job. Like, he's he's empathetic. He's got the whining. He kind of reminds me... He reminds me of somebody. I can't quite place it, but I, I didn't dislike him. Lexi Pantera does better, but there's a whole thing when he's going into the light. And, like, the mom's... Oh, and the mom killed Lexi! Like, what's with that? She not... Like... She, like... Really Excuse me, Casey? Ca- is it Casey? My bad. Yeah. Casey's a character. <laughs> um, but so when he's going into the light, when the guy's strangling him... And, like, mom's face is, like, it's like the just... Teletubby son. You know, like, yeah. mom's oh. face. And then it's Casey's face. And I'm like, okay, hold the hell. Like, this don't is too go, much. Don't go, don't go, don't go. it's so bad. It's it, so cheesy. This was the one that Belle had the distinct pleasure of sitting with me through. Uh, um, Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of liked Casey's character, though. Yeah, no. Like, I thought she was a nice girl. We've seen improvements from Lexi Pantera. I thought that she did a much better job with this one. Yeah, but again. And how come come he's the only one that the projectionist lets go? I'm guessing because he's a kid. But, yeah, again, but why bring him in? Why torture the kid with the movie? Yeah. Oh, he does play piano at the beginning, though, of that, like, when he gets there. So we do see that he is a piano player because he plays, like, the organ in the theater. Oh, word. I I think that, so I liked the idea that these people are just, like, randomly walking down the street and then happen to look up at this abandoned theater and see their name on the marquee. I thought that was cool. But I... Man... Yeah, and I didn't know that Mickey Rourke was in this, so I was kind of like, "Oh, hey!" But I feel like anybody could have played that part. You know, I don't think that he necessarily brought anything that was. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I also. There's nothing. I'm not super. There's no wrestler. Yeah. No. And again. He, he even doesn't seem like he knows what the tone is for the character. Like, from each no. scene, it's random. Um, and even the ending of, like, him, like, the whole, like, aisle of movies. It's just like, yeah, okay. But he doesn't seem, like, he's not, like, a murderer. Because, you know, it's there's a supernatural element to it. And I don't know. I, I don't get what the whole thing. It was It was not great, guys. It was not great. I'm not thrilled that we own this movie. Um, and it wasn't cheap. I think we paid like fifteen dollars for this. Yeah, we we probably should have done some more research uh, before um, committing to this particular one. It does have a sixty meta score and a five point four IMDb user score. The guy from Film Threat gave it a ninety. Are you kidding me? What is the reason? Wait, hold on a second. I'm sorry, folks. Um. Don't don't synopsis me. Tell me what you thought here. Um, I don't know, man. This guy loved it. Uh, ninety. You know, it has a seventy-five from Richard Roper from Chicago Times, but then we get down to like a twenty-five from Rex Reed at the Observer. Uh, RogerEbert.com gave it a fifty. Movie Nation gave it a fifty. 
Um, and that's kind of, I guess, where I am. I'm very lukewarm to it. I see, you know, stuff being done. I don't think any of it's executed perfectly. Um, some of the acting was better than others. Um, obviously, some experience levels, because the woman from Haunting of Hill House is much more inclined to have a talent than people who have never heard of before. Um, she's already, you know, earned herself a spot somewhere. But, again, um, it's not the worst horror movie I've ever seen. I just... I don't think I would ever sit through it again. There's not even one of them. There's not like a short. I'm like, well, I will watch this one over and no, over again. No, I didn't really. I didn't really care. I mean, the girl and the plastic surgery one, but I didn't. I don't know. I didn't really feel like I cared about anybody. Yeah, and you know, some might argue that's maybe because it's a short. But no, there's other shorts where I very much am connected to the characters. Um. I don't know. Um, and again, maybe it's just not the type of horror that you and I like, uh, as far as we, maybe we like our horror to have a little more substance. Um, and this one just 100% doesn't, you know, so that's our review of nightmare cinema. Um, what are we going to rate it, Corey? Oh, I'm so torn. Oh, I'm like, like at the low, I'm like, is this not a total waste of time or is it avoid like the plague? Um, Oh, God. I just, for as long as it is, and the couple of good points that it does have, I don't feel like it's worth the time at all. Uh, I'm going to go with Avoid Like the Plague. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go not a total waste of time leaning towards Avoid Like the Plague just because I think there is redeemable filmmaking here. Even if I don't really like the story or the substance, I don't think it's, like, a complete piece of trash. Um... It's just nothing that really clicked for me, so not a total waste of time. Um, that said, uh, we are going to be heading into our second to last month of 2018. That's wrong. 2019. Um, I'm <laughs> traveling back in time. Uh, I'm excited about this upcoming month because I'm going to get to check a uh, director's filmography off of my list. I will have seen everything by these filmmakers by the end of November. Because if you haven't caught on by that kind of hint, we are focusing on some directors. In fact, pair of brothers. Uh, we are watching Coen Brothers films in the month of November. And I've seen almost every film they've directed, um, except for the ones that I've picked for this month. So my last three, we're going to knock out, uh, starting with um, Intolerable Cruelty uh, on our next episode. Then uh, Miller's Crossing, when I've seen, but Corey has not. And I cannot wait to talk to you about that movie. Uh, we will then be watching Hudsucker Proxy, one of their only comedies that I've not seen. Um, following it up with Barton Fink. Corey, I love Barton Fink so much. I haven't seen as many of their movies as you have, but I'm pretty excited because I've only seen the last one, and I was really young when I watched it. So, And I am very excited for the last one of the month, which is Raising Arizona, because of Holly Hunter, who I've become a major, major fan of. Um, mainly it's the big sick... But then I went back and watched Broadcast News for the first time, and oh my god, that movie is so great. And um, she's obviously Mrs. Elastigirl or Miss Incredible in um, The Incredibles. And uh, she's in um, Home for the Holidays, which we did an episode on a couple years ago, if I'm not oh, mistaken. I love that movie. Uh, me too, and she's so great in that. So um, our month of November will be the Coen's month, 
where we're going to knock out some of uh, some big gaps on Corey's list, in my opinion. Miller's and Barton are two major gaps in the Cohen's viewing, and then three, uh, three of which I think are okay. So Intolerable Cruelty and Hudsucker Proxy, I believe, are considered to be lesser Cohen films. Uh, the only one that would be lesser than those is The Lady Killers, which is a remake. Uh, but and I saw that a long time ago. I. I do you remember Tom Hanks being great in that, but almost everybody else being awful and the movie's not good? So I'm glad we're not having to watch The Lady Killers again, um, or for me again. But uh, Corey has seen. Um, let's let's check real fast. I know you've seen uh, Inside Llewyn Davis because that's a favorite of yours. Um, yes. You've seen uh, Hail Caesar. Yes, love that one too. Me too. Um, I think an underrated Cohen film. Uh, have you seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou? I love that one and has one of the best 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 soundtracks ever yeah which is a soundtrack that no no way had you told me i would love i would have believed you Same. based on description oh did you see their uh their anthology film a ballad of buster scruggs from last year no not yet oh so good um i've good yes uh, oh i was gonna oh keep going down the list well we uh we watched true grit on this podcast earlier this year uh because of jeff bridges um have you seen a serious man yes that's one with joaquin right no not joaquin no um, that's okay it's, uh, I know. michael stuhlbarg uh really good um burn i like after, him yeah he's so good in that movie uh a burn after reading um which is some people don't like i i enjoy brad pitt so much in that movie um and it's got a great cast because it's uh, mcdormand um john malkovich uh george clooney who's a regular tilda swinton and then brad pitt is just so good in it um no country for old men we did an episode on on this podcast uh, not too long ago um they have two uh like anthology type movies they did uh where they're just one set of directors amongst many uh to each his own cinema and paris jt jtm which i bought and have not watched yet i um, own that as well uh lady killers which i just mentioned not not so good intolerable cruelty which we're watching next month oh the man who wasn't there have you seen that one billy bob thornton no. scarlett johansson noir film oh so good um big lebowski you've seen yes only i think maybe once or twice i'm a fan um i've seen it at least three times and I, I think that movie gets better as i get older um fargo Mm. -mm. really oh i tried to major gap what okay I'm sorry i cannot oh i love that movie um hudsucker proxy neither of us have seen right nope uh barton fink you've not seen miller's crossing you've not seen raising arizona i've not seen and then their original film blood simple um i own the criterion and am a fan of um i've actually taught that movie because it is a really great like right out of film school type of movie uh very cool like neo-noir film um yeah, I'm a big Coens fan. I am very excited to finish off their filmography, minus those two uh, shorts that they did for those other um, things. But I will have seen all of their feature-length films uh, by the end of next month. So, listeners, join us on the Coens journey as we start to finish off the year. Um, just a little heads up. Last year, we started a tradition on the show. The month of December, we do uh, Through the Cracks, where we watch big movies from the year that we had not seen yet. Hence, they were slipping through the cracks, but we caught them last second. Um, so looking forward to that month, too. Although that month, that list might still change as more movies are sneaking out. We might have some things we need to catch uh, that if they get to the theater in time. Um, but we're looking forward to that as well. So 
you can follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. If you uh, want to leave a voicemail with your thoughts on any of the movies that we're going to be doing in the near future, you can go to anchor.fm, um, reach out to our show, record a message. We might put you on the podcast. We'd love to have uh, some feedback. What are your thoughts on the films that we're looking at? What are some films we should do next year? We've already started mapping our list out for next year, but maybe a, an idea comes along that's just too good to turn down, and we throw it in there. Um, the way, again, it works is we pick a theme for each month, and then we find movies within that theme that we have not seen as a way of making sure at least once a week we watch a brand new movie. Because Corey and I are both, uh, we like comfort things, and we tend to watch the same movies many, many times, uh, rather than watching all of the movies we've never seen. So this podcast ensures that we at least see one new movie every week, um, or at least one of us sees one new movie every week. So with that... Uh, Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts. Covering the entire movie-verse, there's something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.